joining us for Changing Your Life with the Word with Deborah Elam. Join us for an inspiring message from Deborah. Israel, said the Lord, you are my servant. You have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There is no other God. Don't matter where you look, if you're going to get high or low, you will not find another God but Jehovah. There is false God. This is true. But the true and living God, the creator of all things, the Alpha and Omega, there is only one. So if you have been looking, if you have been seeking some other God, he just want to encourage you and stop your looking now. There is no other God. And then he goes on to say, there never, never has been. And there never will be. Then he says, I, yes, I am the Lord. And there is no other Savior. Now, why do I read it like that? Because sometimes we read over things so fast and we don't take it in. If we just can comprehend and stop our searching, stop our seeking, for something outside of God, something to satisfy us outside of God. Because in him there's life, there's, there's, there's liberty, there's love, there's peace, there's happiness in God. There's joy, unspeakable in God that we can't even grasp, but yet he releases it to us every day because his mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. What a God we serve. The great I am, the one that talked to Moses from the burning bush, and yet the bush was not consumed because our God is an all-consuming fire. He says again in this passage, it says, there is no other God, and there never has been, and there never will be. It's very interesting to watch these scientists, how every time they discover something new, I, solar system, they'd be like, wow, wow, it just... They just are speechless. They applaud and they clap. And they instead of a clapping and applauding the one who made these things, the planets they discover and the, the other solar systems they discover, it's nobody but God. He's unlimitless. We will never know all of God. Even when we are with him, we will never know all of God. You know why that is? Because he's God. With our minds, we can comprehend to our best of our abilities. But to know him truly it's unthinkable. It's unimaginable because there's no limit. There's no end to his knowledge and his wisdom because he is God. 11th verse says, I, yes, I am the Lord and there is no other savior. First, I predicted your rescue. Then I save you and proclaim it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are my witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. From eternity to eternity, I am God. 
from eternity to eternity, I am God. Hallelujah. Go with me to Isaiah 42 and 8. Hallelujah. It says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else, nor share my praise with carved idols. Everything that I prophesied has come true. And now I will prophesy again. I will tell you the future before it happens. What a God. An awesome God. Before it happens. Before it happens. Now since I told you that, I just want to tell you the title of my message. And the title of my message is called Stepping Out of the Fire. (laughs) Stepping Out of the Fire. So many times in situations where there's so much coming against us, the pressures of life, the the different sicknesses that comes on people, a fire, a fire. And with God, he helps us step out of the fire. Yes, he is a consuming fire. He helps us step out the flame, step out of the flame, step out of the heat. He surrounds us with his grace and his mercy so we are not consumed because we're just like God. And Daniel one, I just want to talk about a king, a very wicked king. And his name was Nebuchadnezzar. And there were these boys, including Daniel, that were taken from their land because God prophesied because the people would not obey God. They decided to serve all these carved images and they decided to worship them and they decided to not take heed to what God had said. So God sent prophets and said that if you won't obey me, if you continue to rebel against me, that I will have another king come and take you to another land where a language you did not know and a people you did not know to serve them since you will refuse to serve me. Prophets after prophets came and prophesied this to them that they would be destroyed and they would be consumed and they would be separated from their families but they decided to continue in their wickedness and their evil. A righteous king would come, and then a wicked king would take over uh, the people of Israel and Judah, and they just kept rebelling against God. So God sent this king to go into the king of Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon. He sent them to capture Jerusalem and besiege it and bring some people out to Babylon. As part of the captives, he captured Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and brought them to Babylon. And he took these young men, and the actual age is not really known, but just think about being separated from your family. You know, whether they were teenagers, and some people said they were teenagers, some people said they were in their early 20s, whatever age, it doesn't matter. But he took them from their families and brought them to a strange land. And he employed them in his service, but this was a requirement. This is the type of young man he was looking for. He wanted them with no physical defects. He wanted them to be handsome, show aptitude for every kind of learning, had to be well-informed and had a quick understanding. So I want to read through this in Daniel 1 and the first chapter, Daniel, in the third verse. It says, Then the king ordered Aspanah, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah, his royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy, 
and good looking young men, he said. <laughs> you definitely want the best of the best. Make sure that they are well versed in every branch of learning and are gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. And the king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchen. They were also to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel, his birth name was Daniel, but the king renamed him Belchazar. And Hananiah, he renamed him Shadrach. And Mishael, he renamed him Meshach. And Azariah, he renamed him Abednego. So not only did he take them from their land, but he gave them new names. And so Daniel's original name meant God is my judge. And his new name to go along with his new position was Belchazar. Bel, after the false god or false image, means protect his life. Bel protects his life. And Shadrach, his name meant under the command of Achan. And Meshach's name, who is like Achan, which is another false god. Now, you have to remember, they, they served the true and living God. Now we brought to a land, we had to serve false gods. So that was a problem right there for them. These four young men loved the Lord. And where they came from, they were taught well about who God really was. It's a terrible thing to have to pay the penalty for someone in your family that does wrong. For some descendant, some mother, some father, some grandfather, grandmother, or, or some ancestor that has done wrong. Yet they were brought to this land because their relatives rebelled against God. So in Daniel 3, despite being brought and being renamed because of a false god, these men were bold in their faith. Nebuchadnezzar decided one day, I'm going to build this great big statue to commemorate how great I am. So because he thought more highly of himself than he ought, he built a statue not 10 feet tall, not 30 feet tall, not 60 feet tall, not 70 feet tall, but 90 feet tall and nine feet wide. He set the statue up and then he sent a message by his officials, his governors, his advisors, his treasurers, his judges, the magistrates, and all the provincial officials that we're going to dedicate this one statue of me. This is what I want. He said, no, this is what I want you to tell the people, all races, all nations, all languages, this is the king's command. Then when they hear the horn, the flute, the zitter, the lyre, the harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, I just want them to bow down and worship me. And all who refuse to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Well, that ought to get most people's attention right there. <laughs> if they did not bow down to this golden statue, this is what would happen. They would be thrown into this fiery furnace. So he says, let the music and festivities began. I'm sure that was, I'm sure that everybody was willing to bow down, of course, because he's so great. He's so awesome. He thought of himself. Yet, Chetrach, Meshach, and Abednego 
was in the midst of these crowds celebrating this big and boisterous and statue, they decided they would not bow down. They made a choice. They will not bow down. In the eighth verse, it says, but some of the astrologers, this, this was what get me. It says, but some of the astrologers went to the king and informed him on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You have issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and to worship the golden statue. When we heard the sound of the horn, the lute, the zero, the lure, the harp, the pipes, and all the other instruments. That decree has also stated that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into the blazing furnace. Now, if they were all supposed to bow down, now who was looking around? That's my question. Who was, who was taking a peek to see? They knew these young men. They knew they served God because they were jealous. They knew they were placing a high, and they were watching them to see if they would bow down. And they couldn't wait, you know, tattletales. They couldn't wait to take that news back to the king. Because, hey, maybe the king, if they get in the fire furnace, maybe I get that position. So many times your enemies are trying to plot to try to catch you serving your God. No matter the cost, we have to be a people. It's coming to the day. Even now, it's here. We have to be a people of conviction that no, whatever the cost, we will not bow down to false gods. We will not bow down to an evil way. They went and told the king on these three boys, these three men. And then it's a Nebuchadnezzar in the 13th verse, flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought out to him. He said, now listen, did y'all not hear me? Make it a little bit more plain to you. Now, when you hear all these musical instruments, I'm going to give you one more chance. When you hear these musical instruments, I said, I want you to bow down. But if you refuse, you were going to be immediately <laughs> thrown into the blazing furnace. And then he says, and then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? The Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied. They all replied. Not just one. They said Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, in the 16th verse, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. We have to defend ourselves. God is there to defend us. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. They believed in God that much. But listen to the rest of what they said. But even if he doesn't, we will not. And we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, we will never serve your God or worship the golden statue you have set up. Now, before he says the king, I was already in a rage. Have you ever seen anybody in a rage? I mean, so mad they're in a rage? They say he was so mad. He was so furious at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How dare they? I am so wonderful. How dare they not bow down to me? And then he said his face became distorted. Have you seen somebody mad that their face became distorted? I mean, that is some kind of upset. He commanded the furnace be heated seven times hotter. That's uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete. Hotter. I think I got it right. <laughs> seven. How can you heat a 
up something seven times. It was hot, 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 hot. Hot. That, that's some kind of hot. He said, heat it up. And see, he ordered his straw men to bind him up and immediately take those three boys and throw them into the fire. Dress. They were all fully dressed. They had their turbans, their robes, their pants. These were boys that were that had gotten a high position because of they believed in God and God had promoted them. Even in Babylon, God showed them favor. There they go. As they opened the, and got ready to throw them in, but God was still with them. They were willing to die for their God and their faith. But in the 24th verse, something miraculous happened. It says, but Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? They said, oh, yes, your majesty. Oh, yes, we did. We certainly did. He said, look, can you imagine people starting to see Jesus right in the midst of the fire? Right in the midst of the storm. Right in the midst of your trouble. Right in the midst of your circumstances. Right in the midst of your job interview. Right in the midst of you getting that raise. Right in the midst of you going to the bank. Right in the midst of the fire. And yet, it amazed a heathen king. He said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Step out of the fire. They step out. He's telling them to step out of the fire. They say, hey, we kind of like it in here. Well, Jesus in here. Or, or some people say it was an angel. Some people say Jesus. I choose to believe it was Jesus in the midst of the fire. Back then, he wasn't called Jesus. He was called the Word. He's called the Lamb of God. But he was still there in the midst. What can you accomplish when God is in the midst of the fire? What can you not do when God is in the midst of the fire? You set the time. When God is in the midst, you set the time when you want to come out. If God is in the fire, you set the time when you want to step out of the fire. God said, this is the day you can step out of the fire, but I'm coming out with you. I'm going in with you, and I'm coming out with you. It don't matter how hot it gets. I am in the midst of They stepped out. They stepped out of the fire. And the king had some questions. He had some questions, and yet he acknowledged that God was there. And he said to these men, He said, you serve the most high God. Your God is God. I've been foolish in the past, but I understand. See, it's when a person realized they made a mistake and they realized that, see, God is with a person. Can I say the word fool? Because the Bible said, is that a, (laughs) it's in the Bible. It's in the B-I-V-L-E. Okay, let me put it like this. Let me put it like this. There is a problem when a person you see God is with the person, and yet you keep rebelling against that person. There's something wrong with that. You, <laughs> you, need to, you need to step back. Times when people have rebelled against leadership, they rebelled against the pastors. And when God is with that person, you cannot win. You've got to realize they cannot win when God is with us. And guess what? God is with us. God is with us in every fire and every trial and every situation. And we always win because he said so. He said the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So he already know the plan. We just walking through this thing. We just walking it out. And no matter what we go through, we serve the living God. Whether he does or whether he doesn't, he is still with us. And we will 
be victorious in all things because God, the God that we serve, the living God is with us and in us and he always wins every time. He's a victorious God. Hallelujah. Stepping out of the fire, stepping out of the fire, stepping out of the fire. Sometimes every day you have to step out of the fire. Step out of the fire. Step out in faith. Step in and step out. That's the best way I can say it. Step in, believe in God will. And if he don't, step out still knowing that he does care and that he does love us and that he does have a better plan for our lives. He bought us. He paid the price for our lives. He paid the price so we can step out of the fire. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If this message has been encouraging and a blessing to you, be sure to subscribe. And thank you for your generous financial support.